Welcome to On Texas Football. I'm Bobby Burton, your host, joined today uh, by Eric Nalin, publisher of InsideTexas.com, uh, your source uh, for Longhorn football and recruiting news. Eric, we were both at the uh, Texas practice, open practice uh, yesterday. Uh, we also met with a lot of uh, Inside Texas members and and folks that watch yeah. the YouTube channel at Posse East beforehand. I think you and I both want to say thank you for coming out, right? Yeah, no doubt. That was a big group. Um, you know, I think you're going to touch on it with atmosphere a little bit. This is a very thirsty fan base. Uh, it's a resilient fan base. They're as excited like they're coming off the 10-win season. You know, I'm, I'm impressed. I got to be honest. Yeah, uh, it is. It's very interesting because we watched them last night when they went out to practice, right? And there's the 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 west side of the stands. They weren't full like the spring game, right? Uh, but there is clearly a few thousand people in the stands. Yeah, it was Tuesday night. Uh, the beers were flowing. It was it was a it was a better crowd than I expected. Uh, I had a lot of fun, man. I, like I said, it, this fan base is, uh, you know, it's resilient, uh, and they're ready. They're ready to see some good football. Last night was maybe a little rougher than they were hoping, but uh, I caution that that things are early in spring, and uh, and things tend to tend to tighten up a lot uh, in the last week or two. Yeah, I mean, this is uh, our weekly uh, program called State of the Program, where you and I go over everything we know about the Longhorns uh, this week. Uh, but really, we're going to focus on this practice today since it's so, or uh, in this episode, since it's so fresh. Uh, and we were both there last night, uh, as well as Justin Wells, Jerry Hamilton, Coach Brian Irwin joined us. Uh, of course, Joe Cook was there as well. Uh, let's start with what everybody wants to talk about, and that's the quarterbacks. Uh, what were your thoughts coming yeah. out of that? on uh, Quinn Ewers and Hudson Card? Well, you know, it aligned with uh, with our reporting about how close it was. I thought that was uh, pretty clear. You know, um, and, you know, the first thing I did is I ran to my phone to say, hey, look, there's, you know, there's going to be narratives established after that practice because a lot of people were in the stands and watched different things. But, again, it was tough to distinguish anything uh, between the two. <clears throat> I thought uh, I thought Card was a little more consistent. I think you wrote the same thing. Uh, Quinn a little bit over, better over the top. Uh, Card did hit that good good throw to uh, Brennan Thompson down the sideline. I don't know if you caught that one. Um, I thought Card was more consistent. I thought you know I thought Ewers had one one really rough stretch in particular, and then he he overcame that pretty quickly. Uh, I think they can win with both. I don't know if it's going to be uh, you know always pretty, but I think they're going to put points on the board. And I think I think the offense is better than it was last year. Uh, and if they can be more consistent than they were last year, then you know by definition they'll be better than they were. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, I, I think that. Uh, both quarterbacks had their time, uh, right? Uh, Card threw a, a really poor interception on the outside that would have been a pick six. Yeah, yep. uh, Ewers threw one that should have been uh, on the on an out route that was picked. Uh, but they both came back with deep throws to Brennan Thompson, basically. Yeah. Uh, uh, Brennan came back. Brennan had a drop and he came back. You know. Yeah, so that's exactly right. I mean, yeah. I, I felt I, I was thinking during the during the the early part of practice, I was thinking, hey, Brennan Thompson may have B hands. You know, right. Not not C or D hands, but B hands, right? Right. right. And um, then he make the, made those couple of catches late. And the thing about both of them, uh, he was two yards behind his guys. Right. On, yeah. On the second one, he had to wait. The first one was a uh, unbelievable throw right along the sideline uh, to uh, from Ewers. Uh, but that was that was interesting to me. Um, Xavier Worthy uh, had a couple drops as well, but I mean, he just looks like. I mean, he looks like a million when you, bucks. When you talk about B, when you talk about B hands, as far as elite receivers go, I think Worthy is a, a B hand sort of guy. They're not great hands, you know. They're not they're not reliable. It's you know, I mean, they're they're mostly reliable. Um, but he's got the confidence to come back and make the next grab. He's ne that's never in doubt. Uh, but yeah, his movement skills, I think you're about to touch on, are you know unrivaled. <laughs> that's ridiculous. 
I yeah. mean, that, I mean he, there's one guy out there that runs routes differently than everybody else. Yeah. I mean, he's, just the bottom line. He's just absolutely electric in any direction at any time. He's just, yeah, it's just not many people move like him. He's a super, super high twitch sort of point guard out there. He can go anywhere he wants to. Yeah. Uh, quarterbacks, I think you and I, just, just to closing up that subject, we got, we uh, went on a tangent there with the receivers, but quarterbacks, um, I don't think either of us would be surprised necessarily if Sark named either guy the starter at this point. Um, you know, we just, we're, I think you and I are in the same position. We're waiting for one of these two to yeah. stand up and take the job. Yeah, you know, I, I still I still lean towards, uh, you know, probably years getting that first snap versus uh, Louisiana. But, I, I, you know, I'm not nearly as confident on that as I was maybe uh, before the start of camp. You know, I think, you know, Quinn is hung in there. He's he's battling his ass off. He's he's more consistent. Uh, he does a better job taking care of the ball, but that doesn't mean he does a great job taking care of the ball. As you said, that one pick six today uh, or last night, uh, he threw one on uh, Saturday in two-minute drill. You know, you got to tighten that stuff up. Um I, you know, I think I think now both options are on the table in much much more clarity than we saw before. Um, and I could see I could see a situation where where Sark says, you know what, I'm going to go with Hudson for the first three games, and we'll see what goes from there. Um, let me ask you this, uh, uh, Eric: What about uh, the offensive line? Because uh, we've talked so much about it, uh, yeah. beginning in recruiting, really, right? With the, with the newcomers, new guys coming in, um, but guys like. Kelvin Banks and Devon Campbell both started yesterday. Uh, Banks, not because of injury. Campbell, probably because of injury, right? Yeah, yeah um, because of Hudson. Look at, look at this guy right here, number 56. Holy cow. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, Eric, every time I see him, it's like you just yeah. – no, no matter. and I told Brian Irwin this last night. I go, Brian, when you see him the first time, you're not going to appreciate it until you actually see him. He's one of those guys that yeah. you just – and. Uh, but what did, what did you think of Kelvin Banks at left tackle? I, I know that uh, uh, it's tough to get a good read on all positions during a practice, but uh, what did you think of those guys just on the hoof and, and what you observed? Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. I, I think Kelvin Banks is uh, ready to be thrown to the wolves and see what he can do out there. You know, I think, uh, you know, whereas, you know, you, you know, Everybody has a different developmental timeline, and that's why that's kind of frustrates me when it comes to the quarterback dialogue. But uh, he's ready. He's he's ready to go out there and get some reps. Uh, versus, you know, he's going to handle strength well. Uh, I think he's going to handle speed well. And it's just, uh, it's just, you know, can he play within himself? Understand it. if he can play an assignment sound, I think he's going to be pretty good as a freshman. Yeah, um, I, I was interested. It was very interesting, and I want to I want to tip my hat to to uh, Junior Angelau. Uh, he was out on the field last night. Uh, yep. Not in full uniform, just shirt, uh, shirt uh, or jersey, no pads. Uh, but he was uh, working with the young lineman in pregame, and he literally was going over guard footwork technique one on one with Devon Campbell for a good fifteen minutes pregame. And yeah. I was just like, I mean, he it was a it wasn't just. And this is about, I guess, it practice started around seven, right? It was around six forty-five. It wasn't just that. Hey, do it this way. It was no. Hey, do it again and do it exactly this way. 
Yeah. And, you know, that's senior leadership. Roshan Johnson was out there as well, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. With, with the team. And I, I felt like I felt like that was a good sign that a senior uh, who just coming off a season ending injury is out there uh, working with the young guys. Yeah, well, I, you know, I think just as Sark has this fan base eager for for wins, I think the team is eagerly bought into. You know, I think those guys want to be a part of it, remain a part of it. Um, you know, Junior's going to be uh, basically a GA now, you know, uh, and I think he'll embrace that. He's got the passion for it for sure. Uh, he's got, you know, that guy's going to be a, he's going to be a fiery second second coach for Flood. It's terrible. Uh, I hope he comes back. You know, I think there's a path for him to come back and, and compete to start maybe at center, which uh, seemed like what the, the path that he was on before he got hurt. Um, other guys that were out yesterday, uh, Troy O'Meara was out there but did not play. Uh, right. Casey Kane was wearing a green jersey but did yeah. participate. Uh, yep. Made a nice catch. Made a couple of nice catches, actually. Yeah, I was wondering um, about that because he was clearly moving like he was healthy. I think that they realized that, you know, that's their ex receiver and they can't lose him. I think that's why he was in a non-contact jersey. Uh, I don't know that for sure, but uh, he looks good. He's going to be a target receiver. He's not going to take the top off. Uh, he can make contested catches. He's a very, very long six foot two. Uh, and so, you know, I think they have to keep him healthy to make 12 personnel happen. Uh, the other uh, injury that we were, uh, Alfred Collins, we've mentioned before, he was sidelined as well. Uh, Jade Barron sidelined. Uh, but the one that we didn't know going into yesterday was Jonathan Brooks, uh, the running back. Uh, he did not practice yesterday. We, we hear that he is was ill or uh, uh, just sick in general uh, yesterday. And so he, he, he was held out. Yeah, uh, yeah, he'll be ready to go. Jaden Blue's gonna be ready to go. The, the, you know, despite losing Rashawn, we you know we we know what Sark said uh, during his press conference. We're gonna uh, stick with our reporting on his timeline to come back. Although, you know, never count Rashawn out. He's extremely tough. I don't, you know, if he comes back too early, it's you know, there's only so much you can do with an ankle. Uh, you know, he, he's he's gonna he'll be superhuman by trying to play, but still be human when he comes back onto the field, just because he'll he'll be limited. Uh, Yep, yeah, you know, running back's in a good spot. I'm not too worried about that. And, you know, anybody that watched Bijan Robinson last night, that guy, I don't understand how he moves the way he moves. I, I Somebody asked me on the message board this morning, like, you know, who's the, what's the strongest position group? And I said, well, if they're only going to play one running back at times, it's running back. Yeah, man. <laughs> you know, he, you, you see that everybody has seen those little jitterbug pinball sort of running backs, but they're usually like five, nine, 185 pounds. He's, you know, he's 215 pounds moving like that. It's, it's insane. You know, uh, and I think, I think uh Moto love on the board made a good post. Like, you know, maybe the defense goes a little bit slower when he's playing just because, Hey, look, you know, you got to let up on this guy, but the, he was, he was going to house some big runs last night, even if it was going, if, even if they were going hundred percent. So he, he looks amazing. I thought that was interesting. Use the term carved him up. Yeah. And that's what he did. Yeah, I mean, it looked up. like he was like kind of slicing through him, trying to find his pieces and then just yep. go. Uh, very impressive. The other thing I will mention, though, is it's clear Jaden Blue is not necessarily with that first group right now. Um, it is. It, he's he's distinctly behind not only Bijan, obviously, yep. but Keelan Robinson as well. Yep. Um, and so that's just a, a word or, or a thought to, to keep in the back of your uh, mind as, as we go forward with Roshan out. Roshan also out there, like we mentioned, uh, being a good teammate last night as well. Um, Eric, uh, the defense, um, I, you know, it's we talk about it all the time. Uh, you introduced the term to me as it relates to football uh, about a year and a half, two years ago, and that's a zero-sum game. Oh, right? yeah. the, the offense, if the offense wins, that means the defense is bad. If the defense wins, that means the offense is bad. Right. So yep. when they're playing each other, it's a zero-sum game. We, 
it's not it's not a it's not a rocket science there. Well, one um, of our reader one of our readers said, you know, we say it way too much, and I said, well, wait until the, the third week of the, the season, and you'll realize because we're going to be accused in our reports of saying, hey, look, you know, you said the defensive line was good. Well, we have to say the zero sum aspect of it because we don't know how good the defensive line is because we don't know how good the offensive line is. Now, zero sum when it's DBs versus wide receivers is a little different because we feel confident the wide receivers are pretty talented. And so if the DBs are holding up their end of the bargain there, then we feel pretty good about it. But offense, defensive line, you know, going back to last year, we don't really truly know what Texas has there. Yeah, and, and I agree. And that's my point. Yeah. Um, I will say a couple of bright spots. I thought, I, I think that Texas found something in Diamante Tucker Dorsey. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Against the run. Right. Uh, he is significantly better than Luke Brockemeyer. Yeah. Uh, and or uh, David Benda um, doesn't mean that he's a doesn't mean he's all conference. No, he's, um, better, he's better than Overshone was last year. Yes, exactly, and that's my point. Yeah. Is that was an that was an upgrade found through the portal at the very end of, of, <laughs> of the uh, portal uh, transfer opening. Yeah, I love what that still says about football because you know we get we get uh, caught up in the uh, beauty pageant of it. You know how big they are, how fast they are, and all that. But at the end at the end of the day, for a linebacker, it's all about finding the ball and getting the ball carrier on the ground. Uh, and he's looking like he's going to have that ability uh, in the linebacker we haven't seen in a while. You know that, and they said he, you know, I've heard him called a thumper. That's always good to hear uh, hear about a linebacker. Uh, you know, and uh, you know he, he's got the he's got the right mentality for it. You know, he's a, he's a, he's already uh, somewhat of a team leader. They love how hard he works. And, you know, you really want that out of the linebacker position. So he's bringing them something that they haven't had in a while. Hey, here's two guys, right? Aaron Harris played at Texas, undersized middle linebacker. Yep. Rashad Bobino. No, yeah. I, I was talking to Brian Irwin, who coached Bobino in high school last yeah. night. Um, both undersized guys, very productive for Texas. Yeah. Uh, because they could play between the tackles and find running backs. Right. Uh, I'm not going to compare him to this, but this guy just went into the uh, Hall of Fame posthumously. But Sam Mills, you know, that guy made a career, I, you know, watching so many 49ers versus Saints games growing up. Uh, you know, that guy was everywhere. And so, you know, sometimes being undersized can serve your purpose. Uh, you know, Byron Murphy uses it to his advantage at defensive tackle. Uh, there, there are times where being a little shorter, smaller, uh, it helps running backs all the time. And, you know, linebacker is a position of, of mirroring those running backs. So if you can find that guy when he thinks he can't be found, you know, it's cat and mouse. Yeah. Um, I, the defensive front, uh, I thought, uh, looked actually better in pass rush <clears throat> and not as good in uh, run defense. Run defense, yeah. <laughs> I, I, and I felt like uh, yeah. it's interesting. They're still running out uh, both Byron Murphy and uh, – and Vernon Broughton with the ones on the interior. Right. Uh, Murphy, I thought looked good. Broughton against the run looks looks uh, looks like he's got some work ahead of him. Right. Yeah, I noticed that. You know, that was one of the things I looked for too. Is you know, is he, you know, keeping his pad level lower. I think he still needs to uh, develop more lower body strength, and he needs to play lower. You know, uh, again, where where Byron Murphy has that low man advantage, Broughton is the longer guy. Uh, and, and when you do that, you got to bend, you got to get down. Uh, and so I think he's got really good feet and I think he's going to be a pretty decent pass rusher. Again, he's got to play lower when he does that as well. Uh, I think the, I think, you know, I don't know for sure, but it, it seems like they're just asking those guys to get upfield more. And so, yeah. no, I think so too. I think that was going to be my next comment is, you know, with, with Broughton, his bright spot is being able to get upfield. He's quick. Right. Yep. And so the minute, and so he should be a better pass rusher. Right. Uh, effectively. And so that should be his, his thing. Same time, you can't play him on first and second down and get run downhill on. Right. Um, right. And, well, and that's going to happen if you can't. I, I think they have a first team to kind of, you know, they want to keep sweat working and, and moving. Uh, 
you know, I think Sweat is probably a more, uh, you know, well-rounded defensive tackle than, than Broughton. Uh, but, you know, Broughton works really hard. Uh, it's, it's kind of discouraging that he's not paying lower pads at this point because he is coachable. Uh, you wonder if that might just be a function of his build and, uh, you know, body mechanics. But Sweat, you know, it's weird. Um, you know, everybody expects the pass rush to come from the edge. The best pass rushers are going to be interior linemen. You know, Byron Murphy's going to get after it. Uh, obviously, Alfred Collins when he comes back. But Savandre Sweat has really good uh, feet quickness uh to be a pass rusher too so they really have to let those guys get after the quarterback and it seems like that's what what's been happening you know i think they had six sacks in the in the scrimmage and they were they were pretty disruptive last night too i i, I thought that the, the clear star of the second team defense was Devondre sweat yeah. um and i, I felt he, like he, he was, should be a starter you know he should be a, he's an all camp conference level athlete um you know, I, I use this one often, but, you know, go back to Son Ridgeway. Son Ridgeway is, is going to play in the NFL as long as he wants. He's still in there. Uh, but he should have been a first-round draft pick, you know. And Tavondre Sweat's going to play in the NFL for a long time because there's a scarcity involved with guys that are that big that can move like him. Uh, but, you know, is he, you know, a $60 million guy, uh, you know, over the lifetime of the NFL? Probably not, but he should be. Yeah. No, I, I think that's a great way to put it. What did you see in the secondary, uh, Eric? I thought they were, you know, I thought they battled, um, you know, I, they played off a little bit more than I, I, I anticipated. I thought, uh, I thought Jameson played more consistent, you know, that's man, we know that he has the flair for the spectacular, but if you just play your assignment, do your job, you know, if he's consistent, he's going to be good. Um, Watts, Watts looked pretty good. Um, I think Jameer Johnson is, is ready to play. Uh, Jalen Gilbo could start right now as a true freshman. I think, you know, you're going to have to live with a mistake there too. Uh, I think Jaron Thompson, Jared Thompson had a pick. Uh, a little hazy there. Uh, you know, we didn't notice the safeties a whole lot. I think that's kind of a function of the quarterbacks not truly testing downfield too often. Uh, I think the secondary coverage is going to be fine. We didn't get a true gauge on the safeties as far as uh, tackling, and that's going to be a big question to me going into the season. Um, one other surprise for me uh, last night was Ethan Burke. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I did not expect him to see see him go out there with the second team yeah. Ahead of uh, some other guys like Jamon Tapp uh, and Chris Ross and those guys, and there he was, Jerry Bledsoe. Right, but there he was, and he he went he went some up against Kelvin Banks, and I really thought from a pass rush perspective, he was the only guy that gave Banks any kind of real issues. Yeah, pass pro last night. Well, yeah, that's that's one of the things we want to know about Banks, too. So, you know, when he matches up with a similar athlete, not an athlete, you know, in his size or anything like that, but the guy that he would go up against, that's sort of a prototype. Now, Burke, Burke is on a different developmental timeline. I think that's why you were surprised to see him out there. Me, too. Uh, but he has that length and initial quickness. So he has the baseline trace to be a very good pass rusher, which is why we we're excited when they when they got him very late. Uh, this is a guy that, you know, Jim Harbaugh wanted on the heels of those two edge guys that he just had last year. You know, that's a good sign. Uh, so he does have the baseline traits to give uh, even a very talented player like Kelvin Banks some trouble. You know, it's it's about it's length, quickness, ball get off, and movement skills. He's a very agile guy. You know, that goes back to his lacrosse background. So I'm surprised to see him out there that soon because he's nowhere close to being physically ready, but he's athletically ready. <laughs> you know, and and I, I will say this. Um, so he was playing near the west side, right? Um, on that as they were going in, and you would see him play on that uh, that side of the line of scrimmage. So I I got a really good look at him. Yeah. Really active player too. Yeah, 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 yeah. Fights, fight. I mean, even though he is a thin guy, right? right he fights a lot. Like he's yeah. a fighter to to get what he wants. I was I was really really pleasantly surprised by him last night. 
Yeah, they, it won't make sense from the way they look there because they look entirely different. But it's similar to Byron Murphy. You know, they don't give you a whole lot to block. They're so active and they're moving. Uh, you know, they're twisting, they're moving. They, you know, they've got great feet. Uh, it's it's tough to stay in front of them. Uh, and so, you know, that we have he's on watch now. Do we have to watch for him playing this year? Before I was, you know, I, I stood next to him in June, um, and he's he's still pretty spindly. Uh, but if if you can move and get around the tackle, that's all that matters. Eric. Uh... See if you agree with this statement that I made today on Inside Texas this morning, actually. Um, you feel like the defense communicated better, not as many. And the ones I don't think had any big gaffes. Um, did, I mean, I know, even with Gilbo out there at start. Yeah. I was talking to the guys around me, you know, you could see how much they're communicating uh, out there. It's a, you know, it's, it's, it's a departure. And, and, you know, the value of that, I think it's lost on fans a lot. But the value of that is if you're communicating, then that means you know your assignment. It's not so much that, you know, it, it demonstrates that you can coach the guy next to you as well, but you want them sure and they're, conf they're confident in their role. Uh, and if if their head's swimming, if they're not communicating, then, you know, that's that's not a great sign. Yeah. Um, field goal kicking, I want to touch on special teams, then I want to wrap it up with a question yes. overall uh, with offense and defense. Uh, but the field goal kicking, Bert Auburn missed uh, two of his three attempts. Right. Uh, Will Stone hit two of his three, uh, hit the crossbar on the – the or not the crossbar, but the upright on his last one, uh, did not inspire confidence in me. Would you yeah. agree with that? Yeah, both of those guys doinked a couple. Um, you know, if, if they would have drilled all three, you still wouldn't know what they'd have going in front of 100,000. Uh, but if they're missing in front of, you know, 5,000, 8,000, whatever the hell was there, uh, that's not a great sign. So, you know, they're going to have to uh, – you don't want it to go down to, to field goals. You know, it's – I, I have confidence in both of their, them having strong legs, but it's about, you know, focusing and getting it between the uprights. Uh, and so, you know, that, it's going to be a huge question going into the season. We knew that. Uh, I, I tried to uh, stay away from any speculation on it. But, you know, if they would have drilled them, we wouldn't know anything. Uh, but if they're missing it, now we're a little worried. <laughs> it's a great way to put it because it's a, it's completely true. It's, yeah. That's how I feel right now, right? right? Um uh, they also worked on the kickoff game. Will Stone was the only one that took kickoffs uh, last night. He did not hit him into the end zone, though. They were coming out about the five-yard line when they were. Were they, were they doing that on intentional to, to get a return? I didn't notice because, you know, I watched his tape. <laughs> so much as you can glean from a kicker's tape. But, he, you know, he, he was drilling him. He's got a strong leg. I think he made a 54-yarder. Uh, he's got a strong leg. So I would expect him to put him out of the end zone if they want him to. But. You know, maybe they wanted them to uh, to have some returns, but I didn't pay I didn't pay close attention to that. Yeah, I agree with that. I I was watching pregame. Stone definitely has a stronger leg, not necessarily more accurate. And yeah. I don't know if he was trying to pop, pop right. him out yeah. of the end zone because they were working on coverage units more than they were doing anything else uh, last night. Return a kick return. We saw Bijan Robinson back there a little bit. Mm -hmm. I was like, wait, that's five, but he's in orange instead of white. You know? Yeah. <laughs> John Jameson took some as well. Uh, Brennan Thompson, Savion Red, uh, Keelan Robinson as well. Uh, I, I would be fine if uh, they just put Bijan on the shelf until the week, the, and then just play him in the first half. You know, I, I don't, I don't need to see Bijan out there. A couple guys that were hanging out with us behind us, uh, behind us last night said, uh, "Just put Bijan in bubble wrap." Yeah. <laughs> I think I think Justin had said that the other day, and I just I was like, yeah. after watching him carve up the defense, I I tend to agree. At the same time, yeah. you want him. Uh, you want him to be fresh and uh, ready to go and not rusty right. Uh, right. when you put him out there. So you have to be diligent about underworking him uh, as well. Hey, um, uh, Eric, uh, talking about offense and defense overall. So this, this is the state of the program part, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Give me your, you know, one minute, 30 second synopsis 
on where you think the offense is and what do you see right now with them going into the season as yet naming a quarterback? You know, I think the program is in a little bit better shape than uh, maybe they're getting credit for for going into the season just because I understand, you know, when they're working in segments, uh, you know, defense is working on this thing, offense is working on this thing. Uh, it's going to look a little discombobulated at times. It's You know, Sark is not working with the whole offense. And when you're not working with the whole offense, you don't create indecision with the defense. And so the defense gets the benefit of the doubt when when they're working in this manner. Uh, I think if the game were – if it was a real game going live, I think the offense would have looked a lot better, moved the ball better than, than it probably would have looked like yesterday. Uh, at the same time on defense, I am I'm excited to see uh, if they are playing – more cohesive and more sound between the uh, the secondary and, and the front. Um, and I think if they're going to play man, it makes that a lot easier. And I think, uh, you know, if the defensive tackles are able to attack and, and the linebackers are playing more sound behind them, which I feel confident they are, especially with the addition of uh, Diamante Tucker-Dorsey uh, and Jalen Ford. I mean, you, they're upgrading everywhere. And so, you know, going into the offseason, I said that the Sark had to lift up the program across the board just a little bit, and that would that would go a long way. And I think they are a little bit ahead everywhere uh, that they were last year, and I think it's going to go a little bit further than we think. Losing Nair hurt, though. Uh, that, that, that lowered the ceiling on the season, and the ceiling was already kind of uh, a, a little lower than you'd like because of the offensive line being so young and the questions around the defense. Yeah, and let me ask you this. Um, more – that even with the loss of Naor, more more people to go to on offense this year. Uh, we didn't even touch uh, on Tariq Milton. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. I think he's the number three receiver right now. Right. If you just based on how they're practicing. Yep. That's how I feel him right now. Brennan Thompson is being used kind of almost like what Sark did at Alabama with Jalen Waddle as a freshman. That boutique role player who can just pop you. Right. Right. Big play. Um, yep. Yeah, and so very interesting to me uh, the the assets they have. We saw a lot of two, two tight end work last night with Sanders, Helm, Billingsley, uh, even Juan Davis got some run. Right. Um, to, I know that was a guy that you had mentioned the other day. Yeah. It seems like they have a little bit more firepower. Yeah. Even, even though Nayor's out, which would have been really outstanding, right? Losing a guy that scored 14 touchdowns. But um, – I felt like that was the case on defense. My overriding thing was the communication. Yeah. Yeah. And I think they I think that, you know, communication is indicative of, of them being in a much better place than they were a year ago, but you know, Sark, Sark's got the guys to get in space. And then once you start getting guys in space, uh, you start making easy throws, quarterback gets in rhythm uh, and you're kind of off to the races. So I, I think uh, a real game situation, they're going to look a little bit better than they would in a practice where they're trying to hone in on certain things. A couple programming notes. Uh, I'm going to try to talk to Jerry Hamilton uh, of Inside Texas later today. Uh, he was watching, in particular, the freshmen last night, trying to see how he thought of them as as recruits, mm-hmm. and then going on to uh, uh, their uh, ascension into the college ranks. He's he's written an article uh, for InsideTexas.com. You can check it out there. I'm going to even try to expound even further on that. Uh, also, uh, we've got a uh, I, Brian Irwin was there last night with us. I'm going to talk to him uh, on uh, Friday, I think. Uh, and see what he thought of it. Uh, the Longhorns also have a scrimmage, uh, the second scrimmage of the year on Saturday, uh, and that could be where we find out who the quarterback is. We just don't know yet. Uh, but uh, last night was a, uh, it, it was uh, up and down performance from both. Uh, Card probably a little more consistent. Ewers probably had some some uh, fancier throws, but uh, we'll have to see uh, exactly what happens there. Uh, again, uh, we had a good time. I think uh, 
think that was a really good time. It was fun. Uh, and met a lot of fun people. Yeah, I, I met a guy that that uh, grew up somewhat near me down in uh, southeast Houston, who's who's uh, who lived next door to Buzz Aldrin. Oh wow! Yeah, <laughs> the well, astronaut. I, I and him. I thought that was the coolest thing because I I lived next to a, a guy that worked at NASA as well. And uh, so you know, there's only been like ten people on the on the moon in this this world's lifetime, and he lived my, next to one of them. I thought it was my, cool. My family is in Buzz Aldrin's autobiography because he went <laughs> over, he went over to Sweden and dove with the Nalene brothers. My family had a diving company in Sweden, and he mentioned my family. I was yeah, so we're like on page sixty eight or something there. But we, we think it's cool. Yeah, it's, yeah, one of the ten guys on Earth, and he's hanging out with the Nalene brothers. So. <laughs> Hey, but look uh, at hey, look at look at Bobby. Bobby flies in for an open practice. You know how, how many people are doing that? We had five or six people at this scrimmage. Bobby's flying in from Nashville. You can see he's got the hotel curtain behind him. You know, we're I, gonna, I enjoy it. I, I enjoy this stuff. That was and fun. I, I think it is. I think it's fun to get together. It's fun yeah. to watch uh, Texas to try to progress and see what the Longhorns are going to do this week. Um, you know, Texas uh, right now. At a crossroads a bit, uh, coming off a of five and seven season a year ago, uh, more tools on offense, better communication on defense, but they've got to name a quarterback and they got to get into the season and get some get some positive momentum behind behind them and some confidence with some of these young players. All right, for Eric Nolene, I'm Bobby Burton. That's been the state of the program.